Another episode of Soup Kitchen Slider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. This is the team by team analysis series. Some people go everywhere around the world looking for the ninth wonder of the world. But ladies and gentlemen, I can bring you the ninth team in AFL. <laughs> Carlton, Carlton Blues. And uh, there was nothing more blues than the finish to last year. But um, almost kind of like a, a Chris. They go out, they get all dressed up. They're High as life, they're hitting everything, coming out of the ballpark, and then next minute, 2 a.m. walks by, and they get kicked out of the club. At the Nothing last. good happens after 2. Nothing does. Ed Nothing. talks about that. <laughs> Nothing good. Um, before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the um, Supercoach pov- uh, platforms as well, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it, and on the YouTube, Chris. Uh, yeah, to search for Supercoach Insider. And uh, might I say it was uh, mighty fine being res- the, the team responsible to knock them out of the finals. It was a very high, it was the biggest highlight of my year because not only did we make top four, but I just got to see the life drain from my friend's eyes. <laughs> so I apologize. And that'll be enough Carlton slander that we'll have for the whole day. Though I did actually, I have to say this, no, one more. I was saying to Damien, who's a really good mate of mine, really passionate Carlton supporter. And he said, look, I don't want to, go too far but i think that we can achieve top four this year and i said well hold up because you're still playing collingwood twice <laughs> so there's two guaranteed l's right there but you know well we're, I, digress. I digress i digress but melbourne and the carlton uh, melbourne and collingwood those last two rounds were very 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 good to watch a game that i would actually Great go back games. and watch yeah i'd go back and watch those again uh, any day um so, yeah, that's pretty much where we we're at there. Also brought to you by splashfortico.com.au, uh, continuing that lovely sponsorship and partnership through them. So we'll be keen to bring you some uh, new flavors, new adventures uh, with them throughout this season as well. Um, Swizz, you're going to take us off and talk about all things Carlton. Yeah, why not? I've got my Parkfield shirt on, which looks like a Carlton shirt. So, I mean, in the theme for it. All right, so as we know, they finished ninth, uh, 12 wins, 10 losses, percentage of 103.8. Um, I was one of those people who was pretty bullish on them last year, thinking they uh, might challenge the top four. And it was all about, you know, Voss and the ins and they'd brought in. Um, they uh, started the year fantastic. They finally beat us for the, about the first time in about 15 years. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first hoodoo they got off. And that first half of the season, they had some important wins. I know, you know, obviously knocking off the dogs, uh, you know, the Swannies at home. Uh, so things were tracking really nicely for them. And then, unfortunately for the Blues, they uh, got in a bit of mid-season slump. Uh, as you said, lost to the Pies twice, lost to uh, the Tigers, um, and it just just didn't happen for them. So, um, you know, going on that first half of the year, you were thinking, oh, you know, Voss's magic here. What what's the possibilities? You know, can they get in that sort of fifth, sixth range home final, and you know, and, and maybe cause some damage? But yeah, unfortunately, it just didn't happen for them. Um, they're uh, I think they're the couple of the big other things is how do they improve? We all talk about um, where they're going to go. Yeah, you know, we all expect them to to keep advancing forward, but they had the um, the Brownlow medalist, they had the Coleman medalist. So 
the, we know that those, those guys can't get any better. They, they, they've had the um, Mackay, who also has won a Coleman medal. Um, so a lot of their, um, you know, best players are at peaking. George Hewitt came in and had his best season and obviously struggling with a bit of injury at the moment and same as with Walshy. But, um, yeah, Walsh has got some upside when he can get his body fit. But a lot of their peak players, Doherty, you know, career, nearly career years, if not career years. So we do think they're going to naturally improve and it's going to happen for them one year. But it's very reliant on players sort of 10 to 22 on their list because the top end are doing everything right. I think the top end was dragging them through. Mm, exactly. And then there was a lot of people letting them down in those roles and then the injuries kind of left, you know, yeah, if, you, if you're fit, you know your role, you fit in into a system perfectly. All of a sudden you get injured and then someone else is coming in trying to fit that role perfectly and it's just not working out. So, Well, I, I mean, like straight off the bat, Jacob Wiedering is their most important player, I think by an absolute mile. And that was testament to the fact that when he was out, they just crumbled. Mm. That in, in game, I saw it firsthand. They were killing us. Couldn't get anything past Wiedering. He was absolutely taking the piss. He gets injured. The whole game flips on its head and we win the game. Like, uh, it, it, yeah, he's he's by far their most important player. Unfortunately, he dropped, he dropped like twenty super coach points too this year compared to the year before. Yeah, yeah but he nah. played. But it's more that role he was playing, and that like it's, yes. it's just a defensive piece. Well, I've had this discussion with people. If you let's just say you're doing a draft, uh, full on starting the AFL again, and you had pick one, and you could pick any player of that. Now, it's always subjective. But if if you were say it's only one, let's say it's just a one year season, and that um, you know Weedering's gone in my top five picks. That because I just think how he is the best defensive player in the league, and that what he did, what I think people kind of undervalue how good he, he is because yeah. when he's not there for Carlton, and that they're a completely different team. I can tell well, you who he's better than everyone. Shaggy. Shaggy picked two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's also a good user. I mean, like he doesn't have a, a, a bad trait. He's a good user. He can inset the ball. He's very good defensively. He's very good one on one. Like, uh, yeah, good bloke. You can keep going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having him out, but then not having an ability to cover him through any other means, really. Like they have Mitch McGovern, who obviously was playing that interceptor role. He could have filled in there, but again, he was injured. You know, they just kept having injury upon injury and trying to fill these holes in that defensive line that were just never able to be filled. So um, they, they ended up bringing in that uh, Sam Durden uh, from that uh, mid-season selection. Mm. And then he got injured. Yeah. Before. <laughs> and and, and that's, my, that's my next point on this. It was like, how do they cover their injuries? And that they just yeah. don't have the depth of other teams in. So let's have a look at their ins and outs. So in, they've traded in Blake Akers. Um, so they help that uh, wing, wing role. And he's been a very serviceable player for Fremantle for a while. And we'll get into more about him later. Um, and their draft picks was Oliver Hollands, uh, number 11. We've got Lockie Cowan, number 30. Uh, Jackson Binns at 32 and Harry Lemmy at 47. Out the door, they delisted uh, Will Hayes, Oscar McDonald, uh, Jackie Nunes, Parks. Will Setterfield was traded off to Essendon. Liam Stocker, uh, Tommy Williams, both delisted. And Liam Jones, free agent to the Bulldogs. Did and you just met... say, I, I, did you just hear the goat? Is that, is that, the, goat. that the one that the traded goat. out? Yeah, the, the goat. goat. There's two goats Setterfield. there. Someone ah, say the goat. Someone say that Will Setterfield. <laughs> Delisted, picked up by, um, was it Essendon? No, Saints? Uh, who? Saints, Set- yeah. No, um, Saints. Yes, Setterfield, yeah. I, I, I actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't I know that he completely played out of position the entire time he's played there at, um, at Carlton because they just don't have 
you got Patrick Cripps in there. You can't have Patrick Cripps and Will Sedfield in the same midfield. That just does not make any sense. Um, you'd be mad to do that. But I, I actually don't mind Sedfield at the Bombers, but we'll see how that goes. And on that podcast, we'll jump, jump into that. Carlton yeah. have a lot of people being rumoured to be getting, I don't know if it's just trialling or to try and get a different mix up in their midfield, but you've heard of, I've heard of at least three or four players that are then getting some rotations in the midfield. And you mentioned Akers before as a winger, but even then they were saying like he's been doing some work inside as well, unless they're trying to cover their bases in case someone gets injured. But then you have um, Holland, who you mentioned as, you know, obviously an in is definitely an outside kind of player. So maybe he goes on the wing. But I've heard, you know, Williams, I've heard Doherty, I've heard Akers um, getting some midfield practice. I think that they do need – the, the Doherty is, is the one, right? They need the X factor through the midfield because they do have extractors. They've got good users, but they don't really have a, like that, that flash through there, that striker-type player. They've tried, they've tried, obviously, crash. I mean, Crips, don't get me wrong. Yeah, like they tried – as Williams in there for about three games and went, no, 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 you're actually a halfback. Sorry, I don't know. Sorry, we're paying you $800,000 <laughs> to play halfback. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, Cripps is obviously the, the the X factor player, but he doesn't have the speed to be able to cause issues out of a stoppage. He has the strength and the power. And he, <laughs> he tries to push everyone out of the way. He barges yeah. him. He can't <laughs> run past him. He just kind of tries yeah, to go exactly through. Right. Get out of my way. <laughs> and then gets um, done holding the ball. And yeah, and I think, $50 I think that's because because well, um, we know Walsh is going to miss um, with that back surgery the first few weeks. Right. Exactly. Uh, so they're looking at so Hewitt's still there. coming back, and then Hewitt's still coming surgery. back from a back injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hewitt's back in the thick of it now, boys. Exactly, and and those early games now where you know they they'd be hoping again to get off to that flyer. Um, you know they're missing the two of their better midfielders. Um, puts a lot of pressure on um, Cripps again. So um, they did um, the the two kids that in particular we we should just mention. Uh, so Ollie Hollands is that midfielder, the one eighty three centimeter from the bar. Um, Murray Bush Rangers, elite runner, um, is uh, was also used out at halfback too. So you know he's a, a good ball user there. Uh, that, but they obviously do see him as a as a midfielder um, coming forward. He is the brother of Elijah Hollands. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely one to be watching early. Uh, I think you know we talk about that twenty second, twenty third person and that, but I definitely think he'll have a role to start off with. Uh, Lockie Cowan uh, is the Tasmanian boy, 187 centimetres. Um, more that slingshot um, rebounding defender. Um, really good weapon um, with his foot, uh, so he's kicking. So we know they've brought in Newman and Zach Williams over the last few years, but I think maybe this is the kid, now that they've got him as well, is why they think they can release Doherty into the midfield, um, especially early on. So it would not surprise me if Lockie Cowan's the one that lines up round one and put potentially plays those first few games until they start getting their midfield back. Interesting. Um, where So is, this is an important question, guys, is any of those guys better than Paddy Dow? Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that experiment done? Are they done with yeah. that finally? Has or they, they, they still want me to shred the crap out of Paddy Dow? It's, it's Funny because I used to get so upset about Shacky, and then now I'm like, oh, I can't be that upset. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, a, th- a third club has wanted Shacky. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that classic rule, like you're tall, so you can, you can get away four. with it. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're they draw, so they play twice as Collingwood, so uh, you'll be happy with that one, Chrissy boy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, they've also got the Giants, so uh, Gold Coast, Melbourne, St Kilda, and West Coast. So it's pretty friendly for them. Um, three and three. Giants, um, St well, yeah, Giants, St Kilda, Gold Coast, and West Coast. You'd think the um the the Giants and West Coast they probably take all four points, uh, all four games there, and then yeah, Gold Coast and Saints if they can get the better of, of those. Um, That's the sort of draw that guarantees them top six, right? Like they, they should. There's no excuse. They should be in that mix of that five or six that is battling for top yeah. four. Um, and look, I, 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 yeah, I joke about Carlton, and obviously we do, but their list is good enough to do it if, if they can get a good run with injuries. And, they and they the, arguably have one of the best lists in the comp. Like their best 22 is probably end. the best 22. Their top 10 is as yeah. good as anyone. Who are they kicking out of the eight? Oh, I don't even, I'm trying to think. Look at last year's eight. <laughs> I only remember that there was one, the dogs, one team in the top the four dogs, last year. <laughs> there was one. There was definitely one by memory, which I was like, "Doggies oh, yeah, just yeah. slipped in." Nah, but I think the doggies are better this year. Yeah, yeah. I think they're much oh, better. Are they? Oh, yeah. They they look they look better they, from a structure yeah, point of view. Nah, yeah, structurally, I think they're much better. That's a hard thing because you look at that eight naturally and go, "Okay, who does come out?" Because yep. obviously Richmond and Brisbane have improved. And Probably Frio. I think Frio go down. Frio could be the one. The natural yep. progression everyone said is Frio keeps going, but they've lost actually probably a lot of, Pies. Frio's uh, in, I, yeah, Frio. I, I think. Good, I think yeah. Frio have lost a good lot of good players from that twelve to twenty-five group. You know, your Griffin yep. Logs and your Tuckers and that and Akers who have definitely played roles for them, which is going to be hard for them to feel. Uh, Collingwood, and I even think the Swans regress this year. Now, I don't think yeah, regress. I, I personally think the Swans out. and the Magpies had a fantastic year, but I'm not entirely sure they can back it up. Yeah. More, they might, more, they might be more specifically the Pies than Swans, to be fair. I mean, yeah, Pies got top four with the percentage of 104, which I'm yeah. sure would have to have been one of the lowest percentages for a top four team. Yeah, I'd, you'd I'd have, to, have to. I feel like stuff. you have to go back to Fitzroy in 1916. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. well where that's at. And, uh, and now year. you have a harder draw as well, so you're yeah. kind of yeah, hoping, yeah. hoping to hold on to a top eight. Oh, trust me, man. I've looked at the first four games, and I'm like, we could be 0 and five go, like, going into the season. Like, it's mm. it's rough for Collingwood in the first month. So anyway, we'll get onto you next, buddy. Podcast there. Right? No, what I like to do is I just like to sprinkle a little bit of Collingwood. Every <laughs> oh, day. I know Day Cost and Brisbane podcast. <laughs> like salt bay uh, over here. So their first, their first four is interesting. So they've got Richmond, which I think we probably beat them this year. Um, just with their injuries, but we always leak points. So from a super coach point of view, it's still Carlton. But then they've got the Cats and then the Giants and North Melbourne. So at, at minimum, they've got to be two and two, but their last three is interesting. So they've got the Ds, but then they play the Suns and um, Giants away. So unlike the last year where they had the Ds and Pies, um, they've got two games where you'd be backing them to win. Um, so that the, I, I don't see where the excuse comes from them this year. Um, I've got a mate, Toddy, who will, who's a massive Carlton member, and he'll be hating the fact that I'm already jinxing them already. <laughs> Jeez. So if Walsh isn't back until, say, round five, hypothetically, mm-hmm. that round three and four could be huge for Crips. Huge. Yeah, like, huge. He, I've, um, I've got Crips in my team at the minute. Word, word, word is he hasn't missed a beat either, which is yeah. kind of hard he's, to ignore. He's I a, um, still, came, still came out for Crips. Yeah. So I do need to get around to doing my um, team, my um, round. Yeah, we wouldn't know, Swiss, because you've got to do your round one. <laughs> I need to do your road to round one. Uh, yeah, no For those listening at home, we do a, a series called Road to Round One where we all like talk about our teams. 
Except for Swizz because he's Except, special. So. Mate, I was in Tassie last week and I've been busy with other things. So, you know, I'm winning just, sports person of the year. Sports and all person that. of the year, <laughs> you know. Um, Being on video, getting a, interviewed. Yeah, um, let's move into it though. Well, let's go Patrick, to premiums, mate. I've got Patrick Cripps, well, six hundred eleven thousand. I was actually going to start off with Hewitt just because he was the most. But you can't start off with Hewitt because we just off spoke of about him. Groups. Just quickly because, um, just to let people know, he's still coming back from a back injury, and that one to watch maybe come second half of the year, and that you'd hope that he drops cash. But obviously, Hewitt had a massive year and sits fits their structure, so he's one of those ones. But the problem with the Blues, I think they've got the last buy. Um, so it's going to always be hard to bring players in, in like that. So yeah, him and then Walsh is the other one. Just scrap off your list now. Unfortunately, as good, good as he is, maybe it becomes an upgrade version. Um, possibly. I don't think Walsh on. misses the... that much football. I think he, I think, man, I think he misses five to six. Nah, I, like so. I know he's last running. year he was. Last year he was. Or he was. Yeah, he's already running. Last year he was tipped to miss he, like is he back four running? or five rounds. Yeah, yeah and he right. came back like he, round two. Two. <laughs> like, okay. Like now, I don't well, want to correct you guys here. Like, like the risk factor with him too, because he's been. In I, I agree weekend. with you. Trust yeah. me, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think they should play him until yeah. round five or, yeah. or six or whatever. But you know what they'll do? They'll lose their first two. Man. They'll they'll lose the first two and bring him in round three, and that, and yeah, they'll play Russian roulette there. See, the issue is, Swizz, is that in no realm is Hewitt averaging more than Cripps for 2022, which is why I started with Patrick Cripps. But he did last year, didn't he? No, he didn't. He did, actually, by uh, by 0.3. I I believe I won a $50 bet with that one as well. Yeah, you're trying, to, you're right? trying to skip uh, ben, that you one, me, mate. But... You, you, you tell me what happened there, buddy, because yeah. I've got yeah, Alzheimer's. Uh, Cripps should have kicked the ball. Into the Ford Fifty instead, try to off you know palm somebody off, and then got done holding the ball and cost me the win. So yeah, he turned in for five, for, for five <laughs> seconds of the year. He turned into peak Paddy Dow, <laughs> and got caught holding. It was the ball. all I needed. All I needed to beat you, and then Patrick Cripps averages less than Hewitt. Um, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's 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 funny that they all averaged the exact same. They all averaged one hundred and eleven. Hewitt, Cripps yeah, pretty much, yeah, and that. So they're. Yeah, they're they're interesting. But, but Cripps is the one, right? Because Cripps if he, is the he one could have a hot start, the, right? The hot start and the um the injury factors to their their other midfielders. So it's it's him that single um you know doing it all in by himself again. Um, who know, wants he, to pay six hundred k? It's it's sort of like buyer's remorse, right? Yeah. Like so, last year we got Cripps for Sicily, Sicily too, mm-hmm. Sicily same boat, right? So now I'm yeah, I look at Sicily and I go six twenty k, but yeah. he averaged you like one fourteen. Oh, but it's six hundred twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, hey, I, you know I've got I mean? Sicily for four hundred and fifty thousand, whatever it was last year, and Crips for four hundred and fifty thousand last year. It could year. still be unders for Crips. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing because last year he had that <laughs> he had that Gold Coast game where I traded him out and then watched him go like one forty the next two weeks after he came back, which was really painful. But yeah, he had that thirty eight quarter time injury. <laughs> He's still on thirty eight quarter time. Um, that injury. And then there was that other run where like, I think the Richmond game where we got like a 79 and just had a really, um, you know, off month in the middle there. But outside of that, like he still averaged 111, like for a guy that just won the Brownlow, there's still meat there. There's and potential value. On top of that, people used to question the durability. He's also played 95% of the last three years. Mm. So he hasn't missed much at all. And, and Walsh as well. well. He gets banged for, up, but he just, yeah. he rolls yeah. out there with, 17 bandages on and a half a tape, tape yeah, is strapping, but whatever. Keeps doing He's it. just yeah. juddied 2.0 with that. It's like, <laughs> just tape back up and get him back out there. And exactly Walsh right. as well has only missed, only missed 3.3% of the last three years. 
Yeah. So, um, if he's back, um, I'd quite like a, a Walsh at a discount, to be honest. That, that That's my argument, Cripps versus Steele, at the moment for that position. Like somebody else may put their hand. It depends on how I end up on like my full on structure. But yeah, you look at that, yeah, we talk about Richmond, Geelong, Richmond League points, but then they go the Giants, North Melbourne, Adelaide, St. Kilda, West Coast. Um, if Cripps is doing that as a lone hand, or even if it's just him and Walsh, um, with Hewitt's out, depending on how Hewitt's going as well, um, yeah, Cripps could just go massive in that period. But my, my argument against Cripps, um, because, you know, I have to have an argument because I don't want him to go big and I don't want people to own him, um, is, is purely... That last buy is actually real hard. Mm. That's a hard buy to navigate. Not necessarily in midfield, but in the forward line. Basically, most of the premium forwards that you want to select outside Dunkley. Thank God Dunkley's have... a Brisbane player now too, because otherwise it would be really hard. Yeah, it'd be even harder, <laughs> right? But even Bont, obviously Bont has that same buy as well. So you're really loading up on back-end buy players. Now, sometimes that can work depending on how you've structured your team and and uh, you know, what it looks like by the time you hit the buys. If you trade aggressively into other um, my, players. My, my argument there straight off, Chris, is I'm expecting like this year players to pick up dual position and it might not need to rely on the players that have that buy in that forward line. Yeah, I I, I, um, I had a look at dual position players as a, a in a big, th- big way because I was structuring my team heavily regarding uh, allowance for dual position players to be in my team round six, round 12. What I've come back to the realization is that it's very unlikely, in fact, highly unlikely, it's very rarely rare to happen, that those kind of players average enough points to be considered top six, top 10 in that lines. We got absolutely blessed with Bailey Smith and Bont in round 12. And then we had Luke Parker earlier because there was an injury to Papley, who, and so he played forward. Um, those, those sort of picks... They, they don't come out of thin air. Now, don't, I'm not saying that there won't be any of those picks. but That's well, usually moving. one or two. Yeah, but there'll, oh, be, there'll probably be one or two, and that's all I'm needing to but, balance that out. But Dunkley from those dogs, right? So I don't think Bailey Smith gets forward mid-status now no. because he's going to be playing basically pure wing. Bond's no not going to play enough forward there. So who are these guys that are going to make such an impact on the forward line to Doke, average Max 100 Gorn. plus? Max Gorn. Rucks, right? So now we're talking different yep. kettle of fish. Mm. Do you think there's a world that Max Gorn is going to average 110 plus playing 35% forward or 35% no, defender? Uh, no, but I still think he can go uh, 100, which is good enough for 100. Uh, is, is it? Yes. I don't know, man. Like, is, yes. it, is it enough to change your entire structure to get a guy well, that I don't might think I think top... the forward line outside of Dunkley and potentially, say, Cogs and Taranto is they're all around the same mark there. And I think if it's, you're talking two, three points on that, some of these couple of rucks. Are... Uh, that's what I mean. So why change my structure around two or three points? Like, am I, I'm literally modifying my entire team around yeah, structure of I reliance on maybe if, some DPP. If I think Trips is going to go better than the midfield option that I'm going to bring in, it, you know, it's, you know, Rob Peter pay Paul, but I think I'm actually, um, you know, ahead of doing it that way. And, and that, look, it, it may work that way. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose I've just, I'm, I've gone oh, to, it's a good I've come to the realization that this, it's a, I think structuring your team to, to make room for that may not, I don't think that's a normal thing. I don't think what happened last year where we had, yeah, Lib, what, Libba, Bont, 
uh, Bailey Smith, Luke Parker all be top six forwards. I, I don't think that's a norm, but we've got sort of conditioned to it because the first time we had it, like in fantasy, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like it's, it, I, I, again, but I'm not thinking it's going to be that. I don't that. think it's going to be that many that? as Josh well, Kelly, but I still think there will still be at least one in there. And the other fact that we haven't taken in, like I'm big on Darcy Cameron. I don't see him as my R2. I see him as my forward. So yeah. by then, that's another got forward I'm picking, I'm moving around just because how I'm structuring my team. I, I love talking Collingwood players in the car. But we will get onto that. So let's get on. So Paddy Cripps, yeah, we, we know. The the one I'm really keen on is Doherty, just because all the rumours about him playing midfield. Are you um, on him? I have him at the moment. I took Stuart out to put Doherty in. Oh. Oh. Right. I love it. Uh, look, I... And, and, and I, you know what I want? Two years running, I kind of so. want, I want out either Yo or Himmelberg, and I want all three. I want Dawson, Stewart, and Doherty because I think I will want all three anyway. And that, but it's a question of which one I think. The reason it's more, I think Doherty, it's the argument of going, do you go the guy who you know how much he's going to be? I don't think Doherty's price changes too much. Or do you go somebody who's Stewart who, always puts him one of those low games and there's potential to pick him up cheaper, but then there's also potential to miss him because he goes massive. And that's where See, I'm sort of debating between Stewart and Doherty at the moment. Doherty and Cripps both have close to 40%. So four out of 10 games or close to that under a hundred, but they both have like Cripps has seven scores over 125 and two scores over 150. Doherty has six scores over 125. So sometimes they, they miss the mark, you know, uh, four out of ten times. Yeah, but Doc- But then their ceiling can help factor them in. Hmm. Doherty so it depends. Is he going big? If Doherty starts Doherty knocking doesn't out, put uh, the real low games in. Like, yeah, okay, he goes under 100, but he doesn't go – like he's not going under 80. He's usually like I – think, I think his lows are like 85-ish. Yeah, that's right. He goes under 80 13.6% of the time. Yeah, so that's the, that's the whole thing. So, so he's going 85 for his bad game, and then he comes home and gets a 125. So his price isn't really fluctuating as much that, that I'm he's going to He's 600K. Okay, I think he'll still get down to about 550. It's I think he gets huge. to 550, but it's I not. Think all, I think all those defend. I mean, I'm not really – Yeah, they all get to 550. I think all of them at some point go, but they definitely go below 600. Yeah. But oh, are you, the, 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 the problem with all of that talk is like, you've got to pick them up that week. Yeah. What, like right. the week, the week you don't pick them up is the week they go 170. A la Look, Stuart, Tom Stewart last, last year. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm stupid with it. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, if Hewitt and Walsh look like coming back earlier, then it's probably a different story. But at the moment, Doherty seems to be the, the answer to their midfield. And with that fixture early on, uh, that I feel like you've got – I want to start him if he's in that role because he, he might start on an absolute heater. So what I think he's the heater? worst midfielder in the mix. Yeah, I think he's the worst midfielder at Carlton. No, he's not. Oh, sorry, outside of down the rest of it. But you put you put Hewitt, Cripps, Walsh – yeah, but they're a lot not, of other people there. Then no, but once Hewitt and Walsh come back, he's going back to his back line. Well, Hewitt's back in the full thick of it. He's back in full training. Well, and then well, if we th- what, we th- Walsh misses two, three, four, five rounds, what's Doherty going to average over that many rounds? Well, what because well, we all know yeah. we all know that Chera's going to be picking up a little bit of slack as well. I just think it's Get everyone says Chera. midfield role, and everyone's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to jump on Doherty," and then I was just think he might be a little bit upset. But he's still awesome as a defender as well. For that, but it, it's more. I I want. I don't like Doherty if the midfield role is 
he's playing there with Walsh and Hewitt. It's the fact that he's playing, if Walsh and Hewitt look like they're still out, and this is all where it depends. That's why Dockey's in there at the moment, because as it stands right now, Hewitt and Walsh aren't playing round one. But if, if for whatever reason that changes, and it looks like they're back earlier and that, and it's then I just make the swap back to Stewart. But for now, if I think Doherty's playing as their number two midfielder. What, what do you think, though? That, like, Do you think that there's a value in his price? And I, that's the question that I have been asking myself. At 600K, is there value in it? I don't think up? there's value, but I think there's potential early points that I don't okay. want to miss out. Where Stewart doesn't have so that. you think that he probably still averages 110 Yeah, I think he's, for the yeah, year. Yeah, where Stewart, but but I, I think get... he starts that year on fire, like maybe the 115, 120, where Stewart has the games. He doesn't have the Geelong games early on. So as much as he averages no, well at the G. But he does play at the G. He does yeah. play well at the G, but he doesn't have the, it's like G away, G away, Geelong like round six or seven or something like that. That's they I don't think this have... is an important conversation because I think that a lot of people yeah. are under this like exact same scenario. Like, do I go Doherty? Do I go Stewart? Yeah. Like, what are the pros and cons of both? Um, it's probably good for a TikTok segment. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> um, it is. It's because we could argue this all day. And, and I think we're going to get more information as the season gets closer. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you something for nothing right now. I can't decide. And so therefore my D one is Harry Himmelberg. Um, so I've just, I'm, I'm keeping, I just keep one in there because I know it's going to be one or the other. I want one of them. I just don't know which one at the moment. And Doherty has killed Richmond every yep. frigging year. And that like, averages 110. Yeah. Ridiculous. Kate Simpson used to do it to us as well. So I, it's just one of those things. I know I go round one every year and watch Doherty absolutely smash us and go, okay, there's 130 points that he's just scored. Um, he's, he's a genuine round one VC option every year. against us. just, yeah. The um, issue is after that though, he has probably quite low averages against, well, not low, low, but um, quite a lot of the other teams. I didn't actually realize. So in their fixture, Get rid of Richmond, get rid of Geelong. So GWS, North, Adelaide. So three of the top or three of the bottom five. Mm. Saints. And then they've got West Coast I to just follow up as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So as in, it's a really good run to start that year for that, sure. That, and that's what I'm saying. That the argument between him and Tommy Stewart because of their the start of the fixture where if you look at Stewart's start, um, so I'm just getting this up here, not to turn the Carlton one into a Stewart, but yeah, yeah, they, he's got the... The couple of the three MCG games, uh, so Collingwood, Carlton, Round Force, Hawthorne. So, yes, we, we know he scores well at the G, but in that, he's still got the Metricon game, which usually that time of the year is really slippery um, and it makes it harder to get intercept marks. Um, then they travel over to West Coast, and then they've got, I think, they finally get a game down against Sydney um, in Geelong. So, it's six or seven rounds in before they're really playing down there. So, I think potentially, and just a couple of those opponents, you know, um, does the Stewart score as well? You know, it's a tough, it is a really tough one because there's, there's. You're splitting hairs, right? Yeah, like it is. You really are. It's and, rough. And maybe and sometimes have, I think. You can go three. Hmm. Like you can go three, but your whole team structure just fails, right? Yeah. Like, and I think it depends on Yo's and Himmelberg. If Himmelberg looks like he's playing forward and Yo has like an, an injury, injury interruption, I think I just go those three and try to fit more rookies in. There's also Bose, Hunter Clark is playing midfield. Like I mean, there's there's Cough a build. lot of good there's options. There's a lot of options. Like, Jinby a, looks fantastic. Goda looks great. Great. There's um, a part of me that goes like you Weddle. just put Himmelberg at, at 
day one and just not have any of it. I'm like, well, well, I'll just yeah. wait for them to all drop to 550k. All drop 550k. <laughs> so no, it's a fair, it's a fair argument. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking very heavily at a structure where I just go super light in the back because the the rookies look great. The mid prices are fantastic. Yeah, like take advantage of it. Try and try and delete it for as much as it's worth, and then you know that there's four or five guys that you can target all about 110 and they're going to be at some point you're going to get them for five get one of them for 550 and another one for 550 and then hopefully so on and so forth so yeah i don't know it's it's interesting anyway um that's i don't the think pre- there's really many other like, like well that's the premium premiums right that's now. the premium so you're, you're looking at more those breakout um you know draft kind of guys and that and the um the next one i think is um Chera. So they brought him over from Frio, yeah. gave up a lot to get him in. Um, he had that five-point game against the Bombers last year, which has obviously you know affected his average. So he's averaged 91 point for the year. But that uh, I think the thing that we're really bullish on is that run home. Uh, was at 170 averaged on those last sort of six, seven games. So we know when he's in that midfield and he's up and running, he definitely has the potential to score. He's a young player. Um, yeah. The one and, thing with um with Chera that I've found though is that his CBA listing is literally as fourth. So he's just not in that top three echelon. And that's not changing. So without his role changing, we're just relying on natural progression for growth mm-hmm. or the slight value that you have in um in that injury game, of course. So, you know, you probably do get a, he could probably average a hundred quite easily, I'd say. But is that enough to select him as a Standard option, definitely not. No. Um, the first a, half of the year, Chera's CBAs were a lot higher. Uh, yeah. And I think once they started to lose and get challenged, he was actually the one they got kicked out. But it's funny because at the end of the year, he was also back in there as well. Yeah. It's yeah, funny because yeah, that's because when George it. Hewitt got injured, remember? Yeah. So once Hewitt came oh, yeah. out, uh, so yeah, I think it's directly, yeah, it, the, the correlation between. Hewitt playing and and obviously where Chera then lines up. Yeah, cause, and, cause and a lot Kennedy of as well. I think it's meant to be. Is it Kennedy playing forward as well this year? I think yeah, Kennedy I think lining that's... up. Well, Kennedy's injured at the moment, isn't he? he just yeah, came back yeah. from um, got, they've all foot got surgery. Foot surgery. Yeah, well, all of them have injuries down there. They're generally like a hospital ward. Um, <laughs> so, like, I like Chera as a draft option, but yeah, I don't, I'm not. I think he's about. Rough, like we all talk, oh, they're all going up, all going up. Yeah, m- a little bit of natural progression, you mean, but not not huge. Didn't um, he average like 99 for the back end of the year before and everyone thought he'd be averaging 100, yeah. but didn't That's average right. 100? Because all the hype, because he was moving clubs. So we he's averaged 91 last year. I think at best, maybe it's a 95. Like it's, there's... I think he was about 95 the year before. That, yeah, though. so I think that's where he's at. I think he's that sort of play. He's that 9,500. He's got a yeah, hopper. Kind of, that's what he does. He's, he's not doing any... I don't think he's ever going to be a 510 guy. I think in another team, he would average a lot yeah. more. Yeah. I think he's got the skill set to be able to average 110, but he doesn't have the role right now because you've got a, an absolute prodigy in Sam Walsh. You've got Patrick Cripps, who's arguably one of the best inside mids in the game. And George Hewitt, who's that complementer who can be that defensive side mid to allow Cripps to go and do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to use Cripps in that role. And Cripps, you don't want to banged up defending people. Like, that's not how you want to play Cripps. Um, and Cher is not that. He's an attacking mid. 
So unfortunately, really, it's one of those other three guys has got to go out for him to be able to do that at Carlton. I think yeah. it's just that thing that gives them that advantage. Like we talked about the Lions midfield and that, and it's they can compete with teams like that because they bat, um, they bat, bat really deep. So um, yeah, I think he's a good player, but I think he's that yeah he's ninety five hundred guy. So yeah, good good little draft option because some people would have forgot about him. Um, that because obviously there was a lot more hype on him last year when he was moving clubs, but um, yeah, I'm not overspending for him in that in that sort of format. Fair enough. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of um, McGovern? Obviously, average. He only played the seven games due to injury, but apparently, by all reports, is absolutely killing preseason. Do you think there's a little bit of meat on the bone there? Maybe for draft. I don't think. I don't think it's sixty. Like he's three hundred thirty-eight k. There's enough defensive. Um, players around that price that are going to average more and be more reliable on the park. So I'm not sure you can pick him in a standard, but I, I don't mind picking a Mitch McGovern in, um, in draft. I think he's, he burnt me last year. I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it again. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did last year. No, no. As, in, as an intercepting player, and also that I think he, they're quite um, – liking the way he the speed and accuracy in which he's actually kind of rebounding yeah um i think he can go 80 plus but i think as far as draft leagues go it, if it's 10 teams or under i don't think you need him if, yeah uh, as far as 22 up as, on the waiver anyway. yeah, as far as a 22 yeah. system if i was playing like 12 teams where it gets a little bit more thin then 100 percent i'm like cool i'll easily throw mcgovern uh up on my bench and use him as as my d5 if i need to so I think it depends on how deep you are. I wouldn't be trying to jump too early, but if you're kind of in a, a 12 or more team, then I think definitely I'd be trying to hit McGovern up probably closer to that sort of 75 average because there's, what, seven points seven points benefit there. I think you could get 80. So pick him up seven points early, get yourself a nice little five-point buffer. The, um, the, the one that, um, just because he missed all last year, is Ed Kernow, how he fits back into the team because he was always that third midfielder. For them, and now that Hewitt and Chirac, because I know there's been a bit of talk about him, people are like, oh, he's going to be a real draft slider. Um, I know, and we'll talk about that, like the injuries and stuff. But I think because of his age now, um, and he's not going to get his old role back. There's too many other, um, you know, cooks in the kitchen. So I think people so going to be thinking, sliding straight to the VFL. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's VFL, but I think you know, I think they might have a potential other role. Like, yeah, I think he probably does play VFL at points this year. I'm calling but, foul play. Why? Um, well, I think they just wanted to go, hey, we'll give you another year and cut someone else and then we'll split your salary and kind of split it across the salary cap. He's great depth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I think he's, I think he's yeah. exceptional depth. I think he's got a great um, wisdom and um, experience that he can pass off to other people. And if something happened, he could play a numerous amount of roles. But to cut some other players that are younger with possibly more upside. He's, he's 33, but I, I'm actually yep. been surprised about, I've heard it in a lot of chats about people going, oh, yeah, just keep an eye out on Ed Kernow. And I'm not thinking why. Just, yeah, no. it's not. Now, there's, another, there's, there's another rookie here that I want to chat about because I, I want your opinion on it, guys. Um, David Cunningham's been floating yeah, around this in is a the lot one. of teams. Um, so 163K forward mid. I'm of the opinion. So risky, elevated rookie price may come in and play early if if uh, Walsh doesn't get up for those couple of games. Um, people have been saying that you know he's 
he's a half back or he plays on a wing or plays half forward. Realistically, the, the time that we've seen David Cunningham play good football, he's, on, he's played on the ball. Now, he's not going to get that role at Carlton unless there's injuries. Um, they, they, rate, they rate him internally huge. They always have. But his body just completely lets himself down. He, he's had a couple little stints there when he's got on the park and he's looked fantastic. But I, I know f- for sure that they really do rate him. Uh, and I've had him in and out of my side just because I know how much they rate him and he'll obviously be starting round one. But his body's the problem. Like, can I can I trust him to get four, five, six? Not even. I, I probably need him to play eight weeks to get enough money out of him and he's never strung it together. And sub-risk, right? Like, surely he's got the element of being the 23rd guy. I, yeah, just just his elevator price. Mm. You pay, you're supposed to pay that extra money for that security. That that you know that they're best 22, you're not going to have that risk issue. You know, even if they only average 60, it doesn't matter because they're going to continue to churn over that cash. So, like, what, um, Bruce King, some of those yeah. other players around that point? If, yeah, if I mean, we if Bruce have... is playing, Bruce, you know, Bruce yeah. is going to be... Yeah, if we be... didn't have Bruce and King... Then yeah, it'd be like David Cunningham in my side because that's the first that's the first yeah, McLean, forward rookie yeah. I had in. I and... prefer Richie Cunningham, Chris. <laughs> but he. Hi, I'm Richie yeah. Cunningham, and this is my wife Oprah. Austin Powers, don't worry. <laughs> so we, we we mentioned the other two rookies at the start, yeah, Hollands and uh, Cowan. I think Cowan at all on those injuries. If Hewitt and Walsh look out early, and Doherty's playing in that midfield role. I think they start Cowan down there in the back line with um, Newman and Williams as the other two. Uh, and then the structure around the, the big guys, Weedering, McGovern, and then it's the one out of, you know, Marchbank, Plowman, whichever way they want to go. Um, maybe one of the other tools down there. Um, they've got they've got a, a few guys who are very similar. So um, I think he's the one that gets a look in. Anyone keen for Zach Williams in draft, boys? I've got him here in my notes. He's cheap. Uh, he he's is like as in from a seventy-seven average for a guy who's averaged a hundred a couple times before. If he's finally pulling it together, it, I, think, it, I think you know, there's the definitely is, it value. probably is his year because it's out of sight, out of mind. And, that, the and heart, he's what twenty eight twenty eight years of age. I think it's it, apparently he's had a pretty good preseason as well. I'd be easy I'd I'd be keen for, at a seventy seven average, I'd be keen to really pick him up at that sort of D5 even mark, uh, I think he can go 90 if everything comes together. The okay. problem is he's only played 55% of this, the last three years. Is, but this is the improvement uh, that we're talking about. It's got to come from Williams. Um, yep. Jack Martin's another one. Uh, like, well, What's he priced at, like 290? Um, you know, these, these are the guys that have to push them forward, who, who just – it's not even a case of the Blues players ever, um, you know, not being good enough. It's just that they can't get on these guys on the park for long enough for that. So Nick Newman's been another one down there. Uh, they always seem to have, they can't ever get their best 22 or even close to their best 22 out there. So I, like I, I'm happy. I, I agree with you with Williams. It's, it's a draft option. Yeah, I think it's fine. But again, body worries me. I, the scoring's not the problem. No, it's just how much draft capital. If, if I, again, if it's, that fifth defender, sure, fourth. Like I'm, I'm willing to pay, maybe in the eight early eighties for him, but I'm not reaching. I know I'd, what he I'd can go do. as I'd go as far as eighty five, because if if he puts it together, there's five to ten points in it for you. 
And if he doesn't, if he falters a little bit, I think he'll still get you around the 80. So I don't think you're going to lose too much. But I think, again, it's yeah. that whole risk-reward scenario. It depends on what's around that 85 mark. But if it starts to look thin at 84, yeah, if it looks thin, not much it's upside. a different story. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if it's not, it's... Um, oh, yeah, if it's yeah. not, you wouldn't go reaching for a, a short deal just to kind of pick yeah. up a few points. No, I, I feel yeah. you. See, I, the, the one I prefer out of there, the, actually the two draft lines is, I think, Blake Acres. Uh, that is always pretty solid. Um, so I don't mind looking at yeah. him as a later option. Um, and I think Harry Mackay gets overlooked. Um, they sh- As we said, we expect him to be better. Uh, he's, well, what do you average the last couple of years? 79. He's, 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 yeah, so he's averaged high 70s. But I think there's been some injured games there where he probably should have gone early 80s. I think it might have been his true average might have been like 82, 83, something like that. Um, so as a guy, if, if they're kicking the ball down to him more, you could see him going, you know, 83, 84. I, th- I think he's, a lot of people don't like taking key forwards too. So they'll look at the, you know, the, the mid. So I think it's a, maybe a F4, F5. He's not the worst option. And the difference is Tom Lynch. And I hate to bring up a Richmond player for you, Swiss, yeah. but when he, when he gets a hold of someone, he kicks mm. a bag, he scores big, right? Mackay didn't have a single score over 125. Now, if he can actually try and get a hold of somebody and really put them to the sword with a few more higher ceiling games. It's hard to then, do when you, there's Kern out there too. Yeah, I know. Right? I know, so I know. Like, but but I, think, I think if you look at his history, when I mean, there's games where he kicked 10, right? Like he's got that ceiling in him, but he's no longer the primary focal target. Like that's Kern out now, you know? So I, I don't think either of them are very good options in terms of a bona fide selection with both of them in the team. If one of them gets injured and goes out for a while, then absolutely jump on the other guy like straight away. Yeah, if, but if I'm, I'm just out, thinking it's more of a like a draft option. I think he's yeah. – it's not – those guys aren't sexy picks. So – Like um, any key forward though, Kern out yeah. 40% of his scores under 80 and hmm. Mackay 47% of his scores under 80. So um, when you're playing but, draft leagues, it's yeah. like one in one in two, you're not getting an 80. Hmm. They're, they're the kind of guys I like to pick up later um, and stream them along. And that if you, especially if you're playing like a 10 team four forward line, like I'd be happy to get Mackay as my F4 and Kernow as my F5 kind of thing, or somebody else who's an F, you know, that I can rotate because when they have weaker opponents, you know, you know that they can come out and score 110, 120. And if, that, if that's what your fourth forward's doing, fantastic. Yeah, if you're bringing them off the bench, I like to try and loophole sometimes my VC yeah, and, my forward, and keep, my, and my last couple of forward line spots are always like that. I like to stream my my F4, F5, F6. Interesting. Uh, what other draft relevance have we got? No, that that that's about it, mate. That, that's it. No, no, no Fisher, no deconing. Nah. No. Nah. No Sard? Wow, no one even mentioned Sard. I, mean, I think he had a career year last year. Like, where's the where's the increase coming from? He's averaged a hundred before. Yeah, but uh, like you're not picking him in in um, standard. No, he'll, he'll go, in draft. Quick, he'll go uh, quick in draft too. But he's yeah. he he's he not, averaged, he's not a guy that's going to slide. But even in draft, middle... he averaged low the year before that. So I think it was last year. I thought Williams would have the rise because they were kind of like fifty fifty, mm. and then Sard was the one that actually killed it. Now if Williams goes up. I see Saad kind of coming back to the pack a little bit more. Yeah, he had that middle period where he went 110, but like very consistent in there um, of uh, 
but I, I don't see him just backing that up. Like, well, even if it is, he backs it up exactly where he's at. Yeah, draft. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not confident taking him compared to other players. I'll let someone else pick him at a one exactly. three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, as we said, we're not taking him in standard anyway because we've already talked about the three big boys. And if you're not going the three big boys, then you're looking at you know double H or Dacos or even Brayshaw is cheaper than him. Like, there's just no reason. Nah, I agree. I agree. All right, that wraps us up for Carlton. Um, next off the bat will be Collingwood. Um, I apologize in advance for Chris, and uh, we'll <laughs> catch you uh, next time. Thank you very much. See you guys. Boy. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.